Welcome to Belief Beat. I'm this week's host, John Horner Eibler, one of the pastors at Unity Lutheran Church in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Back in mid-April, we thought it was timely to have today's guest be a part of the podcast. As everyone was trying to adjust to safer at home, it seemed that all of our positive coping skills for making all of those enormous changes were really being put to the test, and plenty of our negative coping skills were on display as well. At that time, we talked about the shock and the fear and the loneliness, as well as the opportunities to maybe approach schedules or relationships differently because of COVID-19. Uh, we talked with two licensed professional counselors, Kim Nodal, who's in private practice in Pewaukee, and Janice Johnson, who is affiliated with New Prospects Counseling. Janice, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad that we can come back together and continue our conversation. Awesome. Kim, welcome. Uh, likewise, I am excited to be able to be here today. Uh, it's, it's really good to have you both back. Uh, so we're recording this on the last day of May, and we first talked back in mid-April, and you know, so much has happened since then, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just really glad we can follow up on it, because I think we all felt like, and I know some of the people who listened to it, felt like we touched on a number of important things, but they would love us to have gone deeper on a couple things, so I think that's what we're going to try and do this evening. Uh, so, Kim, as we were emailing back and forth about a time to record this, you mentioned that your your son uh, is having his first baseball game this week, and that seemed like a really good place to start this conversation. Not not the game, of course, although we hope it <laughs> um, But a, you know, a couple months ago, that would have been so ordinary, and now that's not ordinary at all. And I'd imagine, but maybe you can fill me in on this, I would imagine there were a lot of conversations and guidelines and protocols that went into just having a youth baseball game happen. And uh, we're feeling the same thing at church. We're working really hard to try and evaluate uh, when we can open up and how we will open up for worship and for other events. So I, I'm wondering what you've been observing over these last six weeks since we last spoke as we try and make these difficult discussions and people have these discussions, how do people seem to be approaching all of that? It's mixed, but I think overall, I think people miss being together. Um, the kids miss seeing each other. Um, we missed seeing the parents that we're used to seeing and we missed being able to be, um, and, and that's, that was hard. We figured out how to be when this all started and it was lovely. We slowed down, we took advantage of that extra time and it was wonderful. And then we started to miss each other. We started to miss um, the people that were in our lives on a daily basis when you're right, uh, this would be, a, we would be several games into the season by now and it would be second nature. And now this is the very first time we're coming together and I haven't seen these people in months. And we are so excited to see each other and appreciate maybe what we took for granted before and, and celebrate that time together being together. Um, so we are excited. Obviously there's precautions and people are, um, the, the coach did a great job of making sure everyone was okay with, you know, and if your son wasn't okay, we, that was okay too. But um, what makes everyone comfortable? What do we need to do to make sure everybody is on a, on a, in a good space and, and on the same page to make this happen. But I think the overall feeling 
we got was we are so excited to just be together again after we haven't. So it's, it's really exciting and I'm so looking forward to that. Chad, it's kind of the same thing. What have you been observing over the last six weeks uh, in any context you happen to be in? Well, you know, I think um, it's funny because I feel like the grocery store has been a great place to kind of observe kind of the transition of kind of how this has all gone. And it was really, I, I, I kind of, when I was there, I was just very much in tune with kind of um, how people were feeling, how people were acting, and, and you've seen that evolve. And, you know, I would say, um, you know, for a while it was it, you know, and maybe even more recently, you got this sense of kind of a division, you know, kind of people who were using certain precautions and people who weren't. And it, you felt like that you could really almost feel the divide in the, in the grocery store. And I would say of late that maybe there, there's been a little less of that, a little bit more of, um, people kind of, um, being more tolerant or more open to that people are in different places in the store. So it's just, that's been a good place for me to kind of get a sense of kind of how that's been evolving. But I think even through my work, you know, there are some people who are just so longing to come back in um, because they really just, um, they're done with the computer um, connection and they want to have that in person in a safe way. And, you know, we've set it up in a way that people can feel comfortable, but also then respecting those people that are still not quite there yet and, and offering them that opportunity too. So I, I feel like, you know, we're just, it's an uncertain, more uncertain time in a way now as people try to figure out what this next step is, you know, kind of when they knew we were sheltering in place. Even though it was an uncertain time, there was some certainty with that. And so I, we're just kind of navigating right now through now what's next. And everybody's at a little different place. But I feel like, like Kim said, I think there is some sense of people really appreciating the opportunity to come back together, too. Yeah, I, I, back in early May, we did uh, a blood drive at church because the blood center was so low on blood. And... Um, you know, lots of social distancing, but wow, just the energy and the, I mean, for a blood drive, there's usually not energy in the room for a blood drive, <laughs> but there was energy in the room to be together. And yet, uh, you know, as we, you know, for example, as a church, think about coming back, uh, wow, there is still a lot of really different feelings in, in terms of comfort or discomfort level with being together. Um, maybe I'll go back to you, Kim. What, I think the unsettled, I, I, I loved what Janice was saying about before we kind of just knew we were in safer at home. Yeah. Now we're in this new territory, which is yeah. unsettled. And I think results still in us being kind of in touch with fear. Want to say yeah. more about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I work a lot with anxiety um, and I love, I love working with those the people who struggle with it because I think it really, it's a, it's a challenging mindset. Um, and I think um, being able to see and help them work through that fear um, aspect of it is, is really empowering to be able to challenge some of these fears and to be able to say, okay, you know, what is it about this that is, uh, is fearful? And, and, and do we need to listen to that? Right. Is there's, there's part of fear that is um, it very much is, is, it helps keep us alive, right? 
there's certain things you need to be afraid of and it keeps us alive and it serves a purpose. Um, but then when it gets to be too much and fear is, is, is constant, then I think at that point, that's where anxiety starts to increase. And that's where we need to say, wait, hold on. What am I listening to? Is this really um, a safety thing? Is this going to keep me safe? Or do I need to challenge that and kind of push through and listen to my intuition, listen to my gut and, and, and really challenge how I'm feeling. Um, so I use that a lot in my, in my working with anxiety, but I think right now, all of us are with that right now. We're all faced with that fear and trying to balance and, and, and make the best decision for not only ourselves, but for our families with that regard, right? Um, so I keep coming back to fear serves a purpose, but when fear is, is, is constant or when it's all-encompassing or when it's consuming us, at that point, it's not serving the purpose that God put into us to do to keep us safe and to help us. I guess that's my feeling. Um, and so we really need to, to listen to that and, 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 and challenge what are we afraid of and what, how can we balance that in a way that we're still going to be respectful of, of how others feel and think and, and not hurt anybody, right? Our intention isn't to do that, but also to, to make the best decisions for us and for our families that isn't going to kind of keep us stuck, um, really challenging some of that fear. So I guess listening to our intuition, listening to our, our, our belief system and, and making decisions not based in fear, but instead based in, in goodness and in love. Um, and that's a challenge. And that's, that's where I think our faith does come into play that God kind of has our back. <laughs> um, and we need to make those decisions with, using our, using all of our, um, all of our information we can gather and not just listening to, I guess, what potentially others are telling us how to feel, um, which is right now and is very fear-based. Yeah, I would agree. You know, Kim, I like what you said about, you know, when, when fear or anxiety takes over, it really affects our decision making. And so one of the things that I always work with people, because a lot of times when people are in that real anxious state, like you said, when they come in, you're, they're looking to you for an answer. Like what, you know, what should I do? You what know, do I because do? they're, yeah. they're, um, their, their ability to think about it at that moment is just from a fear based place. And so, um, and so I always say my role is to walk with you and help you to get to the best place possible that you can be to evaluate the information, to look at it, um, and, and to make them that decision. And so, um, and that means like you were referencing is like lowering the anxiety. Cause when we can do that, we have to be aware when that is the only thing that's making our decisions. And I think we talked about that a little bit in the first um, podcast. And so, but just continuing to look at that and making sure that we're in a place where we can bring logic and, and more flexibility in our thinking and, and knowing that what my threshold is, is going to be different than your threshold. And that's okay that we can be at a little different place, but we have to listen to, like you said, our, our intuition, our gut, be able to um, be at the best place that we can be to make our decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I was thinking about this when, when John, you had asked if we wanted to get together again and talk about this. And I kind of made some notes. I, I prayed about it and thought about it. And, and I think 
God put in us our gut and our intuition, right? It's our conscience. It's our, 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 our right from wrong, right? That, that all of us have. And you can physiologically feel when we're making a decision that we know is the right decision, that we know is a good decision, that we know is a decision that we've thought about, that we've, we've contemplated, that, we've, that we are doing. You can physically feel it, right? Our, our, our physiology feels different. And we also, on the flip side, know when we're making a decision in fear. When we're making a decision in fear, our, our tummy might feel funny or our breathing changes, our physiology changes when we're making that decision in a different state of mind. And that's what I think we really need to challenge ourselves on. Am I making this decision? Am I calm? Am I collected? Have I thought of everything? Am I in a good state where I can make that decision where I can feel it? Or am I making a decision that I'm just scared and I'm reacting and it's very different? What are, I mean, is, is there a sequence of steps for uh, kind of uh, coming off of a, kind of an all-inclusive sense of anxiety. Um, I mean, how, how, did, how does someone even kind of get control of that to begin with? I think, you know, one of the things, like when you're, if, if I'm hearing you right, John, is kind of looking at how do you even start to, to, to uh, lower that anxiety to get to a place where you can be bringing logic and flexibility into your thinking. And, and some of that is, um, you know, taking deep breaths. Um, uh, walking away from the situation maybe for a little bit, um, focusing on something that um, is relaxing to you. Maybe it is listening to uh, um, music or or just um, laughter, just anything that lowers, like Kim was saying, that physiological response to stress. So anything that lowers it. Some people always say to me, you know what, I go and I take a warm shower because that just kind of, you know, relaxes me, makes me more calm. And, and those, those specific steps that are things that we know lower the stress response in our body are the first steps we have to do. It, you know, we can't just say, I got to calm down because a lot of times that physiologically, we're still very activated. And so I think anything that we can do that helps us to get to that, that better place so that we can be more open. Um, I don't know, Kim, if you have something else to add to that, but. No, I would agree. I would agree. I would say that. And if something doesn't feel right, then maybe that means we need to get more information. You know, if your intuition is giving you a response that just feels not right, then maybe that's time when we don't need to make a decision in that moment, but we need to, to, to dig a little bit and get some more information. Well, can I interject there? So it, that would seem to be one of the cruxes of the moment is that um, uh, knowing what's like the right thing to do is is I think very contentious uh, within our larger society. And uh, even if you can kind of get, step away from that, there's just so much information, much of which most of us aren't super well equipped to evaluate. Um, what, is, like, what is it about us as human beings is that we, we do kind of dig in our heels and get kind of stubborn about uh, being right. And, uh, and, and then that becomes kind of an obstacle unto itself. Yeah, I would agree with you, John. I think that's where it becomes an obstacle. When we 
are so um, digging in, as you say, that, that we are right. And when I'm digging in that I'm right, I am not listening to your position at all. I'm not listening to what you have to say because I am just going to, you know, try to get you to see it from my perspective. And, you know, one of the things that's another thing that I work with people is that um, kind of stating your truth, acknowledging the other person's truth, and then restating your truth and, and knowing that we may not agree, but when we can... Uh, let go of or that need to be right um, or that um, it offers us the opportunity to hear some other information that may allow us then to um, find a place that feels better for both of us. I mean, it's not inevitable, but there's an opportunity. But I think um, letting go of that that absolute because I don't I I don't know that there's an absolute in a lot of things that you know in life um right. but we have to um be able to tolerate um you know what like Kim was saying kind of what is best for me and, and respecting what is best for you and, and my right may not be your right um and right. and that's hard so right exactly exactly mm-hmm. but I, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that we all want Mm-hmm. Us to come together and we want to work together and we want to have this whatever whatever however this might unfold we need to we need to be together and to support each other and to understand that the the more we focus on who's right and who's wrong who's arguing what are they saying who are they saying what's going on that just keeps us stuck longer you know we need to to rely on those pieces of us that are our humanity you know, we want to support each other. We want to love each other. We want to like those pieces that come naturally to us that we've been told now for the last however many weeks, right? Don't, don't hug anybody. Don't, don't, don't see this person or that person. Don't go near them. Don't do that, which is so against all of how we, we interact and we engage, but yet for a reason, right? We don't want to get anybody sick. We don't that want that to be, but I think we still need to keep those pieces of us who make us a community, make us to bring us together. Those things are still very real. Yeah, I was thinking about when you said that, Kim, the importance of connection, you know, and, and I think when you think about healthy attachment, it is um, honoring differences, but maintaining connection. Yeah. And so when we can find ways um, that we are, that we can um be together or honor, you know, be respectful of each other, uh, recognize our need for um, being with other people, then we can start to, to work together. John, I always think about the um, interfaith um, community, you know, uh, and, you know, I think you always spoke to that. It, it was, let's look at how we're similar and not yes. just so focused on how we're different, you know, and I think in this time right now, we can get so focused on how we're different, especially if someone holds a very different view. But if we can maybe start to look at some ways where there's still those similarities, there's still those connections, there's still those pieces between us that are important. It allows us to, um, you know, kind of have a little bit more tolerance or respect for those differences. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think that um, that this is the perfect opportunity for us to 
take a break or not take, but, but to, to, to look at that exact dynamic that this is, this is an opportunity for us to come together in ways maybe we hadn't before ways either we didn't see or we took for granted or we didn't think were as important, but that are, I mean, right now is a, is an amazing opportunity for us to come together as, a, as, as different faiths, as different, all of that. And I think that's exactly what right now needs to happen in order, in order for us to get through and, 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 and push beyond or through whatever that might be for us to be able to tackle what we have right now. I was in a, uh, this is in a similar vein, uh, a little different though. Uh, I was in a meeting where someone was talking about uh, 200% accountability. So, uh, you know, owning your own safety and health, uh, but also recognizing that your decisions impact the people around you and, you know, trying to own some of that as well. And I think of the Christian tradition and, and uh, Paul spending a lot of time guiding his congregations uh, to make decisions based on the needs of, of people in their midst, not just themselves. Uh, so thinking of maybe taking off from that a little bit and what you've all been talking about, um, let's switch a little bit to the topic of safety. Uh, when you think of human beings and our behavior, uh, like what does safety mean to you? I'll, I'll go to Kim first and then maybe Janice can comment on that. And uh, how do we kind of uh, react to each other's expectations for whatever safety is? When, we, when talking about that, I have to talk about you know, I look at my family, right? My family, my kids, and then my community and my my faith base and all of that. Um, I think safety needs to be not just what what we have right now of of things that maybe we're being told to be afraid of. Um, that safety also means maybe a safety of a larger scale of us thinking more about what we need to do to make sure not just this the the fear right now that we're that we're faced with but also another couple of layers beyond that to make sure we're making the right decisions not just for today but for tomorrow and beyond um so we can think of the bigger picture and take responsibility for that as well um so safety right now is you know making sure i'm following what's not going to put somebody else in harm um, and what's going to keep myself and my family safe with the information I have, right? But also is saying, well, you know, I, I can't stay stuck too because that's not safe for my larger community as well. And I need to make sure that I'm being responsible and respectful of that. And I want to be able to come together as, as a, a larger community and, and a larger, even beyond that, right? It can continue to extend. Um, and safety might not mean directly um, am I going to do something where I'm going to put somebody else in danger as far as getting somebody else sick, which uh, obviously that's not my intention, but it's also saying I need to make responsible decisions too, because there's so much, so many more steps and layers to this um, as far as making sure our community stays safe with decisions that are being made to keep us functioning um, 
mental health wise, um, financially and, and, and supporting our community and, and our well-being as a bigger community. So I don't know if that answered your question or not, but it's, I feel like it's kind of layered. Yeah, thanks for that as an example, Kim. I, I, it really reminds me of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, where Paul tries to remind the Corinthians that uh, who, are, who are really used to making their decisions kind of exclusively for themselves. And uh, it was really kind of hard for him to get them to think in terms of uh, uh, thinking not only of themselves, but other people in that community, and especially people in that community who didn't typically get a say in the decisions. So I, I think uh, so much of our faith tradition lines up exactly with what we're talking about in terms of our, our social and, and emotional relationships. You know, maybe this would be a good time to pivot, um, to talk about, uh, as, as we go forward, what are maybe some do's and don'ts for each of us to follow um, as we try and make our way through all of this? We can't control everybody else, but we can start with ourselves. Janice, what, what, where would you go with that? Well, I think, you know, I think that is a really good place for us to spend a little time talking about, because I think... You know, one of the things when we are in a place of fear is that our our world can get really small and we start to grab on to things that support that fear. And so I think one thing not to do is to to make judgments, to make overgeneralizations. You know, people are going to do this next phase differently. We're not all going to venture out of this in the same way. But if we can um, not leap to um, assumptions that um, by someone's behavior, it means a certain thing. And really um, be careful, just pay attention when we start to do that and to pause and start to, um, you know, realize that 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 first assumption that we make may not be not may not be accurate. Um, You know, I think the other thing is just to um, not just lock into one message, but to open up and to really be open to listening to um, um, other messages or other information. Um, talk to people who maybe are feeling a little bit differently than you are. Um, and it, that can be hard because we get caught in that right, who's right, who's wrong um, kind of piece. So I'd say don't get caught up in who's right and who's wrong, but get caught up in you know, we all want what's good for people. We all want people to be well, you know, and that we may have different ways of um, going about that. But just um, don't get so locked into only one message. Be open to other messages. And, and um, I think that's yeah, a, a good yeah. place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just we all want good things for each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's a really good basic human instinct. Yeah, Kim, I know you're I think, thinking of something. Yeah, no, I completely agree with what Janice was saying. Absolutely. We just all need to, to use our inner compass. We need to question. We need to get as much information as we can. We need to keep our eyes and ears open and not rush to judgment. I think the second we rush to judgment is when things get a little mucky and the fear tends to overtake and then we can't see very clearly. Um, so it's really, and, and that's hard right now because we want answers. We want to know what's right and what's wrong. We don't want to know what to do. And to sit in that ambiguity is hard, really hard. And I think that's where our faith needs to come in. Our faith needs to come in to be able 
to kind of give us that hope and say, okay, right now it's really tough. I might not have the answers, but I'm going to get more information. I'm not going to rush to make a decision or judgments. I want to keep my family safe. I want to keep my community safe as much as possible, but that might not seem, might not be the same today as it is tomorrow. And I have to be okay with that. Um, so I was, I was talking to a friend about a story uh, about kind of judgment and perception. And, um, and she was reminding me about a story that was in the news um, within the last couple of years at a Cubs game. There was um, a section of the stadium where it's well known that if you sit there, you'll likely get a ball thrown to you by one of the players. Well, sure enough, that section was getting tons of balls thrown to them or what we later found out. But in the moment that was caught on video was um, a player into the stadium. A little boy went to grab it, missed it, and a grown man grabbed it, took it, gave it to his girlfriend instead of giving it to the little boy. Now, on this, ooh, ooh, I all of us think, whoa, what was that man doing? How could he not give the little boy the ball? He has no heart. And, we won't make uh, any on, Cubs fan jokes, by the way, Janice. So. <laughs> upon further investigation and further information, um, we learn, or I learn from a friend that not from information, if I didn't dig a little, that... Um, everyone else in the stadium in that general area, most of them had a ball and the little boy already did as well. Wow. Um, so the man who got the ball didn't have one, gave it to his girlfriend because they were the one, they were some of the people in the stands who didn't have the ball, which is a very different take on it, a very different story. But if I wasn't willing to hear that side of it, if I didn't care, or if I was going to make and stick with my judgment, I would, I would have very, I have very different feelings about each of those instances. So mm-hmm think this is a little bit similar and can parallel that too, that we need to continue to keep our eyes open. We need to continue to think critically. We need to continue to think with our hearts and our, and our patience and, 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 and love and not let those quick judgments of fear or anger and, and, um, odd things. So. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say, you know, I think that's just such an example that, with fear and anxiety, our world can get really small. And when we can let go of that and open up and connect and let go of the judgment and take in information, our world gets bigger, you know, yeah. and I think that's what we want to make sure that we're staying in a place where we're, we're open and, um, you know, connecting and just in a, in a bigger space where um, we can feel all the different things that the world has to offer us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think right now, especially our world get, did get really small. It got really small when we had to stay in home, at home. We can't see others. We can't go out. We can't do things that we normally did. So one piece of it in our last podcast, it was like, whoa, this is kind of refreshing. We have to slow down. We have to, to just not be in this rat race, which is good. Absolutely. And maybe there's going to be some balance that comes of all of this that will be a happy medium but definitely the pendulum has swung where now it's more fear and isolation and trying to keep all of us protected in our own little cocoons and forgetting that we are a a social being we are a we are a communal being we find energy and love and and we we need to unite now I feel like even more than ever to come together with that love message when there's so much fear and other really, really difficult, tough emotions out there just making things difficult. I think 
another thing from a faith perspective that is very true is I think most people I know I sure have have been in the situation where where I was the one making the judgment on the Cubs fan. In other words, I jumped yeah. to some conclusion and, and it can be a really harsh conclusion. And then you find out that that you were wrong. And that's um, a, a very kind of humbling thing. And and yet I think that's that's a, ultimately a good human experience. It 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 reminds us going forward how important it is not to jump to a conclusion. And and um, in a sense, it's not uh, putting yourself down. It's just making sure that you excel at being aware of, of others mm-hmm. and, and gather as much information as you can. Um, and, yeah. you know, um, we should probably be, be coming to a close on this one. Uh, give our listeners a little bit of hope from your perspective as, as counselors, as people who work with people, people of faith, um, what crosses your mind? I have, I guess I have an ending that, that I think kind of brings it together, at least from, from my perspective and, and how I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I was talking to my brother um, earlier today and, and said, well, we're doing this podcast and um, I'm really, I, I really want to have a, a positive message. I really want to have a uniting message and how, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And, um, and he said, you know, Kim, it's, it's interesting. I've wrestled with that too, when there's disagreements and there's differences and that's kind of a little bit of what a lot of what's happening right now um, is not starting the conversation with how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this and the differences, but instead to start it with what do we have in common? What do we all want out of this? What world and what, what, what do we want this to look like in a good way? How do we all want the vision of coming away from this to look like in a good way with love and compassion and patience and all those things? What does that look look like because I think we're gonna have a ton more commonality than we do differences because the end goal for us is the same and how we get there is that's 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 the piece that we can all figure and work out when we focus on our commonality instead of the differences. Awesome. Janice? Yeah I don't think I could have said that better. I think that that really is you know, where we start this, where we really start moving is like looking at those commonalities. And I think we've talked about that throughout this podcast, that that whole healthy, healthy attachment that, you know, honoring differences, but maintaining connection and looking for those commonalities. And, you know, I think that's, I think Kim, you said it beautifully. Thank you. Well, and I think we're all aware that it, it takes energy to do that. It, it, it's, uh, work, I guess, at some level to find commonality. Uh, and But then that's, uh, as people of faith, uh, we trust that some of that energy comes from the spirit that gives us something in common across, you know, we just had Pentecost Sunday, so we have something in common across all these cultures, all these languages. And really, when you think about it, it's it has been awesome that as as divided as this world is, here we were for you know a couple of months, kind of all on grudgingly, but all on the same page. And why, you know, at some level, why can't we continue to do that? It won't be easy, but 
it is eminently possible, I think. Hey, we should, we should uh, uh, end this particular one. Uh, I'm so glad you could, could uh, be together and we could talk about uh, coming out of COVID-19 and into all sorts of other challenges that lie ahead of us uh, as a world and society and faith community. Uh, little steps each day, I guess, make big steps for all of us. Uh, Kim Nodolf, Janice Johnson, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this week's podcast. And uh, if you've been listening, uh, thank you as well for being a part of it. I hope it, it, it got you thinking as you listened and generated some questions in your mind. Uh, check in with us um, at Unity at any point for uh, questions about those topics you might have. Um, or someday, hopefully in person, to meet Janice and Kim if you don't already know who they are. Good night to each of you. Good night. Good night. Thank you very much. We're done. Bye. <laughs>